Welcome to a brand new podcast brought to you by RSL Nation through Scarf Life with your hosts Adele and The Baker. Make sure you follow us on Facebook at RSL Nation, Twitter at The RSL Nation, and at all of your favorite podcast outlets. Baker, how you doing, brother? Just out here at LIVIN. How's it going? You know, um, I heard there was some kind of a game tonight, some kind of an MLS All-Star game. What all-star game? No idea. There's Never no heard of her. Games there. Never heard of her. So let's get right into it. Uh, we have a few things on the agenda today. Let's talk about, first and foremost, recapping the San Jose game, which I will admit I did not watch a single second of. I went on MLS.com and looked up highlights. Nothing came up. Yeah. How was that, the game? That that sounds about right. Um, it was a, a 0-0 final, as I'm sure. All the fans know. Um, uh, maybe the most unattractive game of soccer I've seen this year by any two teams. And it makes me really embarrassed to say that one of those teams is a team I support. Um, a couple of good chances for either team. But, you know, to paraphrase a bunch of people at this point, a lack of quality up top to finish those chances. Um, which, you know... Makes sense given our situation, and uh, I was kind of a little, 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 to be honest with you, surprised that uh, San Jose didn't punish our mistakes, but luckily Ramondo came through when it was time to come through. They had significantly more shots than we did last time I looked. Did it uh, look as bad on uh, the field as it looked on paper? No, it, it's. I think the overall stats were something like 15 to our 8 or 9 shots um, for in favor of San Jose. It's it's the actual shots on target were a lot lot closer and and I would say either side had maybe one or two really good chances and then the rest of the game was just really chippy really ugly really physical um, which is kind of the defining characteristics of a RSL San Jose game at this point um, of just really ugly footy and just our inability to punish them and our inability to be creative up front. Well, that's what we had. We tied Colorado at home 2-2. We tied the Quakes away 0-0. Before that, we obviously lost to Minnesota 3-2. That was right after, what did we win? Uh, Two in a row against uh, KC and Dallas. You like our form overall right now? I mean, not really. It's I think we're in a On the road, I'll take any points at this point. But we are going to very quickly uh, tie ourselves out of a out of a playoff spot at this rate. Um, it, it's we are dropping points to teams we can't afford to drop points to at this this point in the season. Um, it, it's you, you can't find three against Colorado at home and you can't find three against what I consider to be the weakest team in the MLS right now. It, it's you are not putting yourself up in a position to be successful down the line. Well, I think one of the big big reasons why we're not getting those three points when we need them is because our big stars are not stepping up when we need them like they did the second half of last year. Speaking of big stars, um, uh, Mr. Rushniak, Albert Rushniak, had to walk off the field with a little bit of an injury last game. Uh, what have you heard about that since? Yeah, so I think there was a... I mean, I was following the game uh, on 
on Twitter sphere and then all those good places. And as the game was going on, I think a lot of people thought it was a foul and that he had gotten elbowed into the head or neck um, during the San Jose game. But, uh, you know, they ended up subbing him off on the seventh minute for um, Demir Krylov, who I consider, I think, had a pretty okay game given the situation he was kind of placed in. Um, apparently it was just a, a kind of a sore neck. He, uh, Albert did an interview today and, uh, he claimed that, uh, he just had some pain and stiffness in his neck. He couldn't move his head to the left and right and he couldn't move it down. Um, and, uh, his social media has him in a neck brace at the moment, but according to him, he should be ready for this Saturday game. Hey, man, my boss once showed up in a neck brace to try to get out of the office for a week. So that doesn't mean a whole lot, I think. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping it's it's more uh, precautionary than anything. But, yeah, people throw on a neck brace for no reason these days. Uh, I agree. Speaking of personnel, we offloaded um, this uh, Spanish guy earlier this week. Uh, last name, Artuño. First name, can you remember? Something about... Fettuccini or something. Fettuccini, Fettuccini or Tunio. Uh, I hear. I, I I do know he loves nice coffee shops, sports cars, especially on game days. How relieved should we be that we have finally gotten rid of this humongous contract? I think he's probably one of, if not the most paid person in Utah per minute worked ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you consider minute work time on the field, uh, that's. I think he's he's trying to set a world record. I mean, honestly, we could do a 30-minute podcast on this story alone because it's, I mean, it is so complicated and so convoluted. I mean, I don't know if relief is the right word, but it's definitely a step in fixing a giant error that I think we need to go back to and ask, why did this happen? How did we get it this wrong that the guy played something like three games? Like, that is a giant scouting issue. What was it, like 190 minutes or something? I think it was like 119 total minutes of soccer. Total like, minutes in a year. In a year. $4 million. It is, like, I think, honestly, two shots on goal is his only stat. To me, that is a giant red flag given our ability to sign uh, center forwards. And we've, you know, we've we've, let's just be honest, we've kind of had a curse of Saborio ever since he's left. We've had trouble with our CFs, uh, especially those typical number nines. Um, I mean, it's been a revolving door, and that that scares me. Um, it scares me that we'd offered such a large sum of money for what ended up being an unknown quantity. I am sure that there is something going on in the locker room or on the practice field that, as fans, we haven't been exposed to, and maybe we shouldn't be exposed to. But, you know, at the end of the day, this pretty giant mistake needs to land on someone's shoulders. Um that being said, absolutely glad that the guy's back to the second Spanish division. I think this, I mean, A, it clears up the DP slot, which we are in definite need of, especially at a center forward position. Um, and it gives us back an international roster spot, which we are out of. And not only that, but also uh, clears up a, a roster spot in general, which we were uh, maxed out at. All in all, it's the guy had to go. He was taking up valuable real estate. Um Another thing that kind of concerns me with this is that it I've heard conflicting reports, uh, and I'll be honest, the more credible uh, sources 
are indicating that we are still paying a portion of this man's salary, um, which, which at this point we're Along paying, with Yura's salary? Right. I mean, at this point, we're paying more strikers not to play for us than to play for us. Uh, neither It's not confirmed. There are conflicting reports, like I said, slightly less reputable um, that are saying we're totally free and clear and that he's no longer on our books. I think we find out realistically next year <laughs> when the uh, salaries get released. But yeah, all in all, just a giant waste of the first half of the year that I couldn't we couldn't really afford. We couldn't afford, and we're getting screwed for it, and I think it's going to hurt us the rest of the year. I do think we have learned two very, very valuable lessons. First, um, having been around the world a couple of times and having um, kind of watched a lot of these typical quote-unquote number nines, your typical Ibrahimovic's, your Ronaldo's, uh, your Higuain's, etc. They have a per- certain personality. I think I've mentioned this before. They, the, there's a reason head coaches in the NFL treat their wide receivers differently than their linesmen, right? There, there's a certain ego. There's a certain need. There's a certain prima donna concept that comes with that position. Um, we have seen this now back to back. Uramosisian, a seven-figure player. You've seen this with um, Ortuño, a seven-figure player. That's the kind of money we have to spend to get a typical, prototypical number nine out there. I am starting to think that there's absolutely no way our head coach, whom I love from my head to my toes, <laughs> um, it will ever get along with one of those prima donna number nines, which is okay in my book because, again, I think I love him more than um, the need to have a tip prototypical number nine, which makes me think that we need some kind of a blue-collar number nine, which we're kind of doing right now with Corey Beard. Um, I really hope we stop going after these seven-figure uh, prima donnas at some point real soon because it's obviously not working out. So there's that. Secondly, and I'm not blaming Mike Petke. I think he's doing the right thing. Secondly, the second lesson that I've, I'm, I'm really learning from this, which is maybe even more important, if not at the very least as important, but probably more important, is that Deloitte Hansen is not afraid to spend some serious money. You know, he dropped close to $2 million on Euromusician because he his staff told him that's what he needs to do. He dropped north of a million dollars on Ortuño because his staff staff told him that's what he needs to do. So this is really encouraging to me because I know there have been some accusations over the years um, that Deloitte is not willing to spend that kind of money. And I think this goes right back to the fact to state, no, he's actually, he's okay. He'll spend it. He will do whatever it takes to make this team successful at the same time. I wouldn't say profitable because I believe him when he says, and I, I, I've, I've met the man multiple times, he's not making a single penny off this team. I mean, the, the $9.50 beer disagrees with you on that one. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think what you're saying is right. Well, there's also, I mean, you have to remember the $9.50 watered down stadium beer is served in a $150 million stadium. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So you're going to have to sell a whole lot of beers to get that $150 million back, yet alone make a living on it. Hey, I'm out, I'm out here trying. Hey, man, you know. So here's my question. Where's our number nine? Uh, do you agree with me that... We will not. We will never be the kind of team where uh, Ibrahimovic would strive. I mean, you have to remember, our head coach is the head coach that benched Yuri Henry. 
Right. It, and, and we've, we've alluded back to this, but I also think, I mean, a, to go back to your original point about, uh, the Lloyd Hansen, uh, not being afraid to spend money. I mean, I think you're absolutely right. The guy is a billionaire a couple times over. I think, no, I think only once poor bastard. I think realistically he's got the money to spare, but it's also worth noting that the MLS is not necessarily just the league of, of the, you can't buy yourself out of it. It's not only as a salary, uh, the, the only asset it, it's there. We have limited international spots. We have limited DP slots. We have limited TAM and that MLS funny money. It, until the LA galaxy needs more. Right. Until the, the, the team of the month, whatever flavor that may be, which typically tends to be the LA Galaxy, needs a rule change. But yeah, it, it, it's you know, it's not my money. I don't care how it is being spent. I care about you know the A, wasted games of Ortuño not even making the 18, and then the inability to go sign somebody else. Now to get back to your question about, you know, is this a team that signs a prima donna, Ibrahimovic, superstar, you know, big known name? Absolutely not. But I also think there are levels between uh, you know, Corey Baird, who realistically was maybe going to see a game or two through the season and, you know, signing Ibrahimovic or uh, Rooney, uh, that there are steps between that that I think we need to explore. If our solution for the rest of the season is Corey Baird as our center forward, and I love the kid. I really do. I love to hate on him. But I also yes, love, his, do. I love, love his output. Well, I, I love you hating on him because every time you hate on him, he scores. So I, I mean, absolutely. He's, he's proved me wrong once or twice. But Proceed. he bleeds opportunities. And I've talked about this before. He needs multiple chances to score, which is fine given his age. But it is not fine that given that he is the only one uh, who, who we can rely on to produce. But he's a blue-collar kind of guy, isn't he? And absolutely. And I know Petke loves him. And I think that's why he's getting minutes and opportunities. But we need a clinical finisher up front to punish teams' mistakes. We need a guy that turns the San Jose result from a 0-0 into a 1-0. I don't need a guy scoring, uh, you know, three or – I mean, I would love a guy that scores three, four, five uh, goals a game and is a superstar and everyone is buying his jersey. That'd be great. I don't think we need that. We need a guy that can make – small difference that ends up being a big difference come playoff time. Yeah. Team is a star, right? Absolutely. So speaking of blue collar forwards, guys who started with nothing and have probably a bright future, word on the street is that um, Chandler Hoffman is leaving the Monarchs. Yeah, I mean, it, it. it's given our current situation, which is uh, our center forward is, you know, Corey Baird, which we've already talked about the issues with there, given the fact that we've gotten rid of Ortuño, uh, Luis Silva is hurt again. Um, I, and, and it doesn't appear like we are making any signings. This, the signing front has been unbelievably quiet. It kind of surprises me that this USL, I mean, prodigy, that the kid is, is fantastic, um, uh, He's he's the leading goal scorer for the Monarchs. He, he fifty goals in a hundred games, I think. I mean, he's he's out here doing it. Um, it kind of shocks me that we let him go. I am happy for him personally. It, it's he's going back to play for his you know hometown club, which I think any soccer fan can kind of get behind the romance of that story. Happy for him. Happy for his family. He is uh, 
He will be Legion FC's first ever signing, which, you know, that, that just feels great to, you know, kind of put your town for your town on your back. Um, but I also think maybe, you know, this isn't the best decision for the organization as a whole. I was honestly looking forward to seeing him don a, a Real Salt Lake jersey at some point. It's not to say that that isn't possible anymore, but we have definitely muddled that road a little. So let me make sure I understand what you are saying correctly, because I'm thinking along the same lines here. We made one of the most questionable decisions we have ever made in signing Ortuño. We uh, parted ways in a questionable manner with, uh, um, what's his name that left us? Armenian guy? Yura? <laughs> Yura Mosesian. How quickly you forget these things. Are you saying there might be a problem with our front office? Are you saying that we might not be twofold things? Either the front office is making decisions that Mike Petke doesn't agree with, but they're making them anyways, which means there's no communication there, or we're just really, really bad at finding the right talent in the right places. Because I don't remember the last time. Well, never mind. I'll take that back. Albert Rushnia. But last time we found a, a, a decent talent internationally that we signed and brought over for less than premium dollars. Well, Rushniak was a premium dollar signing. Sure. Right? Um, Damir was a premium do- dollar signing. Um, I'm talking about less than premium dollars. I, I, is there a front office problem? I mean, I, I am. This is a very big question that we were trying to unpack here in what is a 30 minute segment um the guy is the guy being craig weibel i think primarily and and you know the 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 support staff he picks around him um he's his head is pretty squarely on the chopping block in my opinion um i i don't think we're necessarily bad at identifying talent i think demir krylock has been a godsend the guy is, it took him a minute to get warmed up to the MLS and figure things out. But, you know, day in and day out, he's putting in stellar performances. He's doing some of the dirty work that needs to be done. He's, he's connecting with his team. That chemistry is building. And, and I think he's performing very well when he has played in, you know, his preferable midfield position. That whole him at center forward experiment needs to die. Die. Um, which I, I don't know why we keep insisting on playing players out of position. Blue collars. Um it's it's I, I do think that our front office has a hard time filling what is worldwide the most difficult position to fill. Every single team, every single year is looking for a center forward. There is no team not ever looking for a guy that can score more. It, it is the nature of the game. It is the most desired position. It is the, the, the most sought after position. And it is the most paid position. It is, I think, the most difficult for a a general manager to fill, and I think that is showing. Um, we have gotten it wrong a lot, and we've gotten it wrong a lot consistently, and that is going to punish this team's growth and change down the line. At what point should people's heads roll? Because, look, I have a job, you have a job, and I have made a lot of mistakes in my job, but whenever I make a seven-figure mistake, I get a little nervous. Someone in that front office made a seven-figure-plus mistake because you have opportunities lost, you have time wasted, you have all these other things that come with it. You have uh, you know, the, 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 the damage that is done to 
uh, uh, the reputation of the club. You have the damage that is done to the current standings because I remember signing this guy. I remember watching his YouTube videos. I remember thinking, oh, my God, we just spent seven, seven figures on a center forward. We do not spend seven figures on someone very frequently. So this guy must be a complete world beater on whom we have done our research and are very, very positive is going to make a significant, drastic difference in our club this year. Because you don't spend a million dollars, if you are a sell, on a project. You spend a million dollars on a finished product. So, no, I mean, yeah, you're you're a hundred and ten percent correct. It, it's it's a large splash of cash, and I'm I'm sure he was bought down with some of that MLS funny money we keep referencing the TAM. Um, that being said, it's still oh, no, the TAM. All it does is takes takes it off your salary cap, off your salary cap. Yeah, sure. But you're the guy's still, still paying. getting paid. Yeah, absolutely. someone's still paying him dollars U.S. Right, right. He's getting cold hard cash. And absolutely, I remember being excited about this signing. I remember watching his highlight reel, thinking he's got an eye for goal, thinking he's he looks pretty dangerous. I honestly remember thinking like, all right, here's the guy for for at least a while, and and the difference maker. Um, for what it's worth, I don't necessarily believe that his lack of playing time is a lack of skill or talent. Um, you know, I, you don't become a a, a player in the, the uh, second Spanish league being average. Um, it's I, th- I think he's got personality issues, and he's got personality issues, and I think he's he wasn't there for the team. He was there to collect the check, and um, that rubs some people the wrong way, as it as it should. It, it's I'm not saying the guy's blameless here. Um, he's got the lion's share of the blame, I think, to to kind of land on him. Um, or he's got a really really. Really good agent. Yeah, absolutely. It it's for whatever reason, our front office and the people in charge of making our roster bought that line hook, line, and sinker. Now, regarding that seven figure mistake you mentioned, it's there absolutely need to be consequences, but there is a way to remedy this, and that remedy option is closing very quickly. I would go so far as to say that it's closing the next week, which is when the uh, MLS uh, transfer window closes. Now, just to be clear, this doesn't necessarily mean we can't go sign players through other channels, uh, but it is kind of the the big, most opportune window. Um, If we don't have a solid replacement at that position, uh, I will be a very angry fan because I don't think it results with us making it in the playoffs. I think the decision we make in these next seven days is what makes or breaks the rest of the season. Um, and for what it's worth, I have never experienced a transfer signing window uh, that is less quiet regarding rumors. You know, usually I'll get a couple of notifications um, throughout a week. As, as At least some rumors. Remember yeah, we had Donovan, as, uh, what's his name? Right, and, and then usually some truth behind those rumors. Like Donovan was in talks with Real yeah. Salt Lake. Um, it has been unbelievably quiet this past month, which is either a great sign or a horrible sign. Um, I can't tell. It's definitely one of the extremes. But as a as a fan, I am scared because I don't think we make the signing we need to, and I think it punishes us for the rest of the season because right now we just don't have the ability to finish. So here's what I heard. We're signing Thomas Miller from Bayern Munich this summer. There it is. You heard it here first, folks. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Next week, our next week podcast, we might have a couple of them because one big, big, big topic we want to talk about is the front office F-ups. 
um, Craig Weibel's. Um, our goal is to become Craig's favorite fans by the end of next week. Uh, and depending on what happens over the next seven days, we'll make that episode work. All right, let's get over there right now because that could be a whole two-hour discussion, and I think we have had multi-hour discussions on that topic alone. Uh, let's get right back to focusing on getting three more points because, man, that 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 playoff race is getting pretty heated already in anywhere, especially in the West. Um, this Saturday, we're taking on Chicago. Rather, we're taking on Sebastian Schweinsteiger and the Chicago um, Fire. And it's going to be a whiteout. We're having a whiteout. I don't know what that means. I'm kind of nervous. Wear a white t-shirt, man. Honestly, this the whole corporate spiel, people sponsoring. I don't. I mean, it's Zango, it, right? I, no, it's the other one, the new one. Come Black on, man. They, they paid good money Black for you advantage. to know. Um, no, it, it's if we're gonna have an anything out, have a claret out, have a cobalt out. You know, keep it keep it within the family. A blackout, a red out. I think we had a red out back in uh, 2011. I, I mean, honestly, this kind of stuff just. I don't know. Maybe maybe I need to get out more and, and smell the roses, but it's just dumb. I will be wearing my Claritin Cobalt or perhaps my uh, all black. Uh, You're not a team player, bro. Jersey. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be that guy. You're not a team player. I'm, I'm gonna I'm, be that I'm guy. I'm wearing my plain white T-shirt, and if I can find a pair of plain white shorts, I will wear those too. Problem is, I'm not gonna invest in some plain white shoes. That's just dumb. That's one time use. And honestly, the cameras can't even see your shoes. Because there's going to be fans in front of you. Yeah, but I will know. Well, yay, man. Don't phone it in. Either go all in or all out. I'm all out. All right, forget the whiteout, man. What do you think about the Chicago fire? No, honestly, I think if we were traveling to Chicago, I would just notch this up as zero points right out of the bat. But I think we have a couple of things going our way. The first, foremost, and most obvious is that it's a home game where we have somehow managed to turn Rio Tinto back into... Uh, a faint reminder of the fortress it used to be. Unless we have a 2-0 lead, apparently. Unless we have a 2-0 lead. But for what it's worth, I think we've tied it home three times. We've lost once, and we've won the rest. Uh, we have a strong record at home. We play well at home. Um, the team shows up for the fans, which I love. And I, I think Chicago is going to have a hard time playing. For what it's worth, Chicago is also on tired legs. If you think our... You know, the three-week stretch was bad. You should look at, you know, their schedule. These guys have played something like six games this last month, so six games in four weeks. And um, that's primarily due to them still being uh, in the U.S. Open Cup, which is still a thing. Turns out it hasn't ended just because we got bounced early. That's that pretty trophy, right? That's that real pretty trophy you and I like that no one else seems to take seriously within RSL. Um, They have a U.S. Open Cup uh, semi-final on Wednesday the 8-8 against Philadelphia which I think they take very seriously. I think I don't think we face a full starting 11 Chicago. I think they're going to rest a lot of their starters for the Philly game. Um, I think even the guys that are going to play kind of the you know proverbial B squad is still going to be pretty gassed from those said six games. And it's at elevation. I think you combine those three factors. I think you combine Rushnak getting back um, you combine uh, the altitude and RSL being at home and Chicago just having other things to play for. Um, I would be extremely shocked if we walk away with anything not being three points. What do you think? 
I'm thinking that we're so damn unpredictable of late that I don't know what I think anymore. Um, I am almost <clears throat> kill me now, but I'm almost semi quasi hoping that Albert Rushner doesn't play. Why is that? Because he's getting to that point in my book where you're starting to think he's bigger than the club. And this is a whole other discussion that we can have in a whole other setting. And it, it started with me with obviously those interviews while he was in Europe. And I get it. Um, you know, different zip codes or area codes mean that there's no responsibility of what happens back home. That's a bad, that's a, that's, that's a an, horrible example. That's an old ludicrous song. You're too young to remember. But I'm almost kind of hoping he doesn't play because I've seen us play pretty decent without him a couple of times. And, but that's just to prove a point beyond the point in this case. I do think we win the game. I don't think we win the game because of Albert Rushniak. I think we win the game because of guys like Bolfo, who I really hope gets or continues to get major minutes. Um, I don't envy Mike Petke right now because choosing between uh, Bolfo and Plata, basically, yeah. is a ridiculously difficult decision to make at all times. I think they should both play if we're playing like 13 players on the field, but only the Galaxy get that with the two referees. So I think uh, I think it's going to be a squeeze, man, but I also think we do win. We get three points. I'm calling something like a like a ridiculous 3-1 or 4-1. I think we win that game. We get three points. Uh, we get high off that win. We start getting carried away. How are we going to win the cup this year? Uh, and then we get disappointed next week, just like we always do. Yeah, I mean... We've been, I, we've been doing that for over a decade now, so that's how it works. It, it, it's You might be onto something there. Um, for what it's worth, I do want Rushnak to play. I think our lack of creativity without him was very evident in the San Jose game. It, it's I love Damir, but I we ended up playing that game with three defensive midfielders, and it showed. Damir, uh, in my opinion... Sorry, continue. No, 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 go ahead. Damir, in my opinion, should play no role in anything creative. I agree, because that's not his strength. Yeah, he's, um, he's a defensive player. Right. Um, which also, something I've noticed this year is uh, Kyle Beckerman. Man, Kyle Beckerman is putting forth an effort. We should cover that in another episode. But Absolutely, geez. that's that's a discussion for another time. Yeah, um, yeah. So three points against Chicago. I agree. I think we blow them out of the water, um, and and uh, on to the next one. All right, RSL Nation. Um, agree, disagree. Leave us leave us some comments. Uh, other than that, catch us on all your favorite podcast outlets. Say hello, follow, like, do all the things the cool kids do these days. And we'll catch you again next week. Goodbye. Good night, Arsenal Nation.